Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. A very warm welcome to all of you to Windsor Road Baptist Church and to those who are joining us online. It is great to have your company as always. Thank you for choosing to spend part of the final day of 2023 at our final service for 2023. One summer evening during a violent thunderstorm, a mother was tucking her small boy into bed. She was about to turn off the light when he asked with a tremor in his voice, Mommy, will you please sleep with me tonight? The mother smiled and gave him a reassuring hug. I can't, dear, she said. I have to sleep with Daddy. After a long period of silence, the little boy said, the big sissy. Or maybe you've heard about a man who bragged that he had cut off the tail of a man-eating lion with his pocket knife. Ask why he hadn't cut off the lion's head. The man replied, someone had already done that. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I read an article titled, Why New Year's Resolutions Are Massive Waste of Time. So I'm not going to waste your time with a sermon on making New Year's resolutions. Instead, I'm going to be speaking about being strong, being strong and courageous. After praying about today's message, that's what I felt impressed to preach on. I'm referring, of course, to the very words that God spoke to Joshua, an apprentice of Moses, an aide of Moses, who eventually uh, became his successor in Joshua chapter uh, 1, verses 1 to 9. But first, a little bit about Joshua. We first meet Joshua during the early days after Israel's miraculous exodus from Egypt when they come under an all-out attack from the Amalekites. Moses appoints Joshua to lead an army, to put together an army and lead the army to fight the Amalekites. He triumphs over the Amalekites only because of Moses' prayer and intercession, symbolized by his hands being raised to the Lord on a hill overlooking the battlefield. Some of you know the story. Whenever his hands lowered, the Amalekites would win. But when, when his hands were lifted up, the Israelites would win. Hence, when Moses got tired, Aaron and Hur, the two men, next to him would place a stone for him to sit on while they held his hands up. Yes, Joshua, a complete unknown, is suddenly this successful military leader. But there would be no doubt in Joshua's mind that it was God who ultimately was responsible for the victory that he achieved. And then the next time we meet Joshua is when he accompanies Moses to Mount Sinai as his aid to receive God's laws, which included the Ten Commandments. These are instructions from God for how his covenant people, the Israelites, are to live with him. Joshua might not have been in the cloud of God's presence, but he was most certainly very close to it. And then when Moses sets up a temporary prototype tabernacle or the tent of meeting where God would meet with Moses, this is what we read in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks 
to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. In other words, joined up with the rest of the Israelites. But his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. We get the clear sense that Moses' depth of intimacy with God had a profound impact on Joshua. He wasn't satisfied to see Moses from a distance having this intimate relationship with God. If you like, he wanted a piece of the action. He wanted a piece of God for himself to cherish. Later on, Joshua joins 11 others to survey the promised land before they entered it. Only he and Caleb returned with a good report, urging the Israelites to put their faith in God, to trust God to bring them into the promised land. Unfortunately, the congregation sided with the other 10 spies or scouts who filled them with fear and unbelief. They rebelled against God, and the consequence was catastrophic. Every Israelite, male, man, woman, child, uh, youth, I mean, Every Israelite, 20 years of age and above, spent 40 years in the wilderness and died there in the wilderness, except Joshua and Caleb. Then, just at the doorstep of the promised land, 40 years later, God tells Moses, he can view the promised land, but he will not be able to enter it because of his disobedience against him. Now, Moses' immediate concern is the welfare of the nation of Israel. He petitions God to appoint a successor over the Israelites who will guide them wherever they go and lead them into battle so the community of the Lord will not be like sheep without a shepherd. Numbers 27, verse 17. God's answer to Moses' prayer is immediate. From verses 18 to 20, Numbers 27, the Lord replied, Take Joshua, son of Nun, who has the spirit in him, and lay your hands on him. Present him to Eleazar, the priest, before the whole community, and publicly commission him to lead the people. Transfer some of your authority to him so the whole community of Israel will obey him. God doesn't stop there. He then instructs Moses to personally invest his time and energy into Joshua in a one-on-one situation to encourage him, to strengthen him. And, and, uh, and Moses does this more than once. After Moses, Moses had given God's law to the people of Israel, he publicly endorses Joshua once again. In Deuteronomy chapter 31, verses 2 to 3, he's speaking to the people of Israel. I'm 20, I am 120 years old, and I'm no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me you will not cross the Jordan River, but the Lord your God himself will cross ahead of you. Joshua will lead you across the river just as the Lord promised. And then further down in verses 7 to 8, Then Moses called for Joshua, and all Israel watched. He said to him, Be strong and courageous, for you will lead these people into the land that the Lord swore to the ancestors he would give them. Do not be afraid. 
Do not be discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be within you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. And then toward the end of his life, God instructs Moses to bring Joshua, just with him, to the tabernacle so that he can commission him there in the presence of Moses. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 23. The Lord gave this command to Joshua, son of Nun. This is God now speaking to Joshua. Be strong and courageous. You must bring the people of Israel into the land I swore to give them. I will be with you. And shortly after, Moses dies. The nation mourns his death for 30 days. And this is the backdrop to Joshua chapter 1. We're going to read from verses 1 to 9. Okay, got all of that? That's the back, backdrop, background. Now we come to Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Only be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid uh, because you will lead these people, sorry, to inherit the land I swore to the ancestors to give them. Be strong and courageous. Verse 7, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's wonderful promises in that passage. But did you notice two things that stand out like a sore thumb about the narrative? Two things that stand out. I'm sure you've picked it up. The first is God's very clear and public appointment and endorsement of Joshua as Moses' successor. Yeah? Very clear, very public endorsement of Joshua as Moses' successor. Not only that, he has the complete support of Moses, his mentor, his spiritual father, the incredible, humble leader of Israel. No one in the congregation, no one in the nation of Israel would have had any doubts whatsoever as to who would lead Israel after Moses dies. I mean, what more could, 
could, uh, could you ask for in terms of endorsement? What more could you ask for in terms of a confidence boost, right? You think that that would be enough for Joshua, but evidently not because of the number of times God and Moses had to tell Joshua to be strong and courageous. And that's the second thing that stands out in the narrative. Do you notice that? The number of times God would say to John, be strong and courageous. I am with you. I will be with you. Don't be discouraged. Then Moses comes alongside of him, says the same thing repeatedly. In Joshua 1 alone, three times, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. It just shows the compassion of God. just shows that God gets the fear that we may have. He gets the struggle we have at times with uncertainties in life, with things that go wrong and awry in our lives that leave us fearful about our future. God gets it. With Joshua, it's completely understandable. After all, Joshua is being asked to fill some very big shoes, notwithstanding the fact that Joshua is not wet behind the ears. He is a spiritual leader in his own right by this stage. And yet, he was wrestling with his destiny. Yet, he had so much apprehensions and fear about leading the people of Israel, about the assignment that God had given to him. The person who believed him, the person who championed him, the person who encouraged him, the person who he, whom he could turn to for advice, the person he could seek counsel about his direction, is dead, is no more. How do you replace someone whom God speaks to face to face like a friend? Furthermore, Joshua is being asked to lead a very difficult bunch of people in a hostile environment. No wonder God repeatedly says to Joshua, be strong and courageous. I am with you. He gets Joshua's apprehension and angst. Let me extract just two principles from the narrative. Number one, all of us need strength and courage, not just Joshua. It's easy for us to read this passage and think the command to be strong and courageous applies only to Joshua. It applies to all of us. Each one of us will have our own set of challenges, difficulties, and obstacles to overcome and face in 2024 and beyond. Take, for example, just one example, our culture, which is becoming increasingly secular. The constant pressure Christians are under to assimilate and not to be the odd ones out around a whole bunch of issues like faith, gender, the life of the unborn, human sexuality is very real and powerful. After a while, you can't help but think, are we crazy to believe what we believe and live by the values we have? Maybe we are behind the times. And that's what non-Christians say about Christians, don't they? Your values are really Victorian, based on the Victorian era, 
You guys are behind the times. Get with the times. The notion of being faithful to one husband and one wife for the whole of your life, that's really archaic. You're so old-fashioned. Keller sums up our culture, the Western culture, very accurately. He, he writes, and I quote, We're entering a new era in which there is not only no social benefit to being Christian, but an actual social cost. In many places, culture is becoming increasingly hostile toward faith and beliefs in God. Truth, sin, and the afterlife are disappearing in more and more people. Now, culture is producing people for whom Christianity is not only offensive, but incomprehensible. In order to swim against this cultural tide, I can assure you it will take every ounce of courage and strength, not to mention God's wisdom. I think of our brothers and sisters in Christ who live constantly with the reality of persecution and discrimination all around the world because of their Christian beliefs. The early believers in Rome were under constant pressure to fit in, to go with the flow, to not rock the boat, not dissimilar to what we face in the 21st century. To them and us, the Apostle Paul has this to say in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, and I'm reading the J.B. Phillips Bible translation, which I love. Do not let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. Do not let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. But let God remold your minds from within. Love it. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. But let God remold you within your heart. It takes strength and courage to allow God, to allow his character, to allow his truth to remold us into a people set apart for God, to stand out and be known not just for what we're against, but also for what we're for. In other words, it takes enormous strength and courage to be more like Jesus, who gives us this simple but yet very challenging command, follow me. He says, follow me. If you want to be my disciples, follow me. You're in the world, and yet you're not of the world. And that is precisely what I believe God was saying to Joshua. And I'm paraphrasing here. Quote, Moses, my servant, your spiritual father, is dead. The nation is grieving, and I know that you are personally in deep grief over the death of your spiritual father. But don't allow your grief. You mustn't allow your fear and anxiety cripple you and squeeze you into its own mold. Don't allow the people's expectations of you to become like Moses, squeeze you into their mold. There's only one Moses, and he's dead. There's only one Joshua, and 
He's alive. And that's you. You're no longer Moses' aid. You're no longer his two I see. Instead, I've appointed you to lead my people. And the way I've designed and purposed you too, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Allow me, allow my promise, allow my words to you to remold you from within. Obeying and following me and my word wholeheartedly, without turning to the left, without turning to the left or right, in pursuit of my will, under these circumstances, is not going to be easy. But I command you to be strong and courageous. Unquote. That's my paraphrase of Joshua 1 verses 1 to 9. So what I think God is saying to Josh, and I can relate a little to Joshua's apprehension and angst, just on some level, some small level. Many of you know that I was very, very, very reluctant saying yes to God about leading, being the lead pastor at Windsor Road more than 10 years ago. And a big part of the reason is because I was aware of a whole wide, uh, a whole, aware of a wide range of expectations that people in general have, that congregation in general have, of their pastors, which one writer has characterized very accurately in the following, in his following lament. I quote, "I'm appalled at what is required of me. I'm supposed to move from the sick bed to administrative meeting, to planning, to supervising, to counseling, to praying, to troubleshooting, to budgeting, to audio systems, to meditation, to worship preparation, to newsletter, to staff problems, to mission projects, to conflict management, to community leadership, to study, to funerals, to weddings, to preaching. I'm supposed to be in charge, but not too in charge. Spiritual uh, administrative executive, sensitive pastor. I'm supposed to be a skillful counselor, dynamic public speaker, spiritual guy, politically savvy, intellectually sophisticated. And I'm expected to be superior, at least first rate in all of them. I'm not supposed to be depressed, discouraged, cynical, angry, or hurt. I'm supposed to be upbeat, positive, strong, willing, available. Right now, I'm not feeling filling any of these expectations very well, and I think that's why I'm tired. <laughs> I can tell you from personal experience, it takes enormous strength and courage to stick to leading and pastoring Windsor Road and the way God has created me, and God has designed me, and God has purposed me, and not somebody else. Oh, the temptation to just assimilate, the temptation to just not rock the boat, the temptation to just, yes, 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 I will do that, I will do this, I will be this, and I will be that. I say, no, this is how God has made me. To the best of my ability, to the best of my ability to, to understand who I am, this is who I am. I can't be anybody else. I need to lead out of who I am. 
And Joshua would have felt the enormous burden of expectation. I mean, mean, Moses has been leading them for, for decades. And Joshua would have felt really tiny. You know, who am I to kind of step into his role, into this role, and step into these awesome, huge shoes? No wonder he needed so much encouragement. You can do it. As I was with Moses, I am with you. And that's why in saying what I just said, I can also tell you with absolute conviction that God and his word, to me, is the source, the anchor of my strength and courage. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 73, verse 25, Who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart will fail. That I know. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I'll be honest. It hasn't happened too many times, but there have been times when I've been tempted to quit. That should not surprise you, and if it surprises you, there you go. I've been more than one occasion when I've said this, so I... Uh, God, I, I want to go. I don't care what you think right now. I want to go. I'm not saying that to, to listen. So at the end of the service, don't pat me on my back. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not asking for that. I'm just being honest with you and trying to make the message real. A number of times God says, you must keep on keeping on. I am with you. Though your flesh and your heart feels like you want to give up, I'm not allowing you to give up. I'm going to be with you. I will strengthen you. The point I want to make is this, that our courage and our strength is in the Lord and must come from the Lord. Our strength and courage is in the Lord and it must come from the Lord. And that's the second principle from the narrative. You see, God doesn't just command Joshua to be strong and courageous. courageous. He gives him the all-important reason and basis for it. Joshua chapter 1, verses 5, part B. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And two verses later, God has this to say to Joshua, be very strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law my Moses, all of the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. To the best of my ability, the only reason why I'm able to pastor Windsor Road for as long as I have and lead Windsor Road as the person God has made me is because of his say-so, because of his word to me. Again, most of you know the story. When the opportunity came to lead Windsor Road, I was thinking of everyone else but me. 
I really want to. I can think of <laughs> They can do it. The thought of being Windsor Road's senior pastor filled me with overwhelming anxiety and dread. I was physically ill thinking about it. I could not sleep soundly for days. Ask Sue, and I'm not exaggerating. She will confirm this. I was just very happy and comfortable being an associate pastor, to being in the background. But God had other ideas. It was almost like God was saying to me, John, who's the name of the previous pastor, John is no more. You are no longer his associate pastor. I want you to step up. And I said to God, all right, God, I'll step up. I'll lead Windsor Road, but I need you to make it very, very, very clear to me that this is your idea, not mine. Otherwise, I don't want to have anything to do with this at all. It's not my ambition. I have no ambition. I have no plans. I have had no aspirations to lead a church. Never. So God, if this is you, then you've got to make it very clear to me. Because there will come a time, and on more than one occasion, I will be tested. I will be stretched. And I need something substantial that I can fall back on. I need something that is stronger than what I'm feeling to rely on, to anchor this role. I need you to speak to me very clearly. I can't remember, maybe it was the day after or several days later after my prayer. I had a dream, within a dream. And we watched the movie Inception. I think it's called a level two dream. In the dream, God spoke to me and said, get ready. I will never forget that. Get ready to lead my people. I remember in that dream, as soon as I heard those words, my heart leapt with joy. I was overcome with peace and, and uh, as the calmness that's there that wasn't there before. And I remember saying to God in my dream, please, 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 God, I hope when I wake up from my sleep, I'll remember this dream and I'll remember specifically your words to me in this dream. And I did wake up, and the first thing I remembered was the dream and his words to me. I was a changed person. Again, you can ask Sue to verify this. I was changed. From that day forward, I mean, I haven't been able to sleep for other reasons, but certainly from that day forward, uh, in, in terms of, you know, the idea of leading Windsor did not keep me up. I was able to sleep very soundly like a baby. But I can't say on many occasions since what has kept me going strong and courageous when the going has gotten tough is this dream. It's this conviction that I'm only here because of God's say-so. That's, that's why I'm here. And the moment God say, you're done, I'm done. I'm not hanging on. I'm only here at God's say-so because of his word to me because of his presence within me. So let me conclude. It is inevitable 
that we will find ourselves in situations in the coming year where strength and courage will be needed. But remember, the strength and courage that's needed rests completely upon, rooted in, and anchored by the character of God, his word and his ways. God is who he says he is, and he will do what he says he's going to do. And God had to remind, this of, uh, remind Joshua of this over and over and over again. And if Joshua needed those reminders on so many occasions, how much more will we need that? It is okay to be scared and anxious as we go into 2024. There are many unknowns. There are many uncertainties. There are many challenges. You may find yourself being asked to do something you've never done before or never thought that you could do, ever. In 2024, there may be difficult decisions to make, hard conversations to have. There may come a time on more than one occasion where you may be called upon to take a stand on issues in your front lines. It may be that you actually need to pipe down and learn and be more supportive of your boss and colleagues. As Winston Churchill once said, courage is what it takes, not talks. Courage is what it takes to stand up and speak. Courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. Don't let fear, don't let anxiety, don't let peer pressure, don't let the fear of man, don't let the dominant culture Pride squeeze you into its mold. Don't follow the crowd. Instead, brace yourself and tune into God's still small voice saying to you, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Have faith in me. So the application of this message is a very simple one. Sometime today, can I ask you to reread Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Spend some time with that passage. Ask God to speak to you. Meditate on that passage. See what jumps out, what stands out. And then commit 2024 to him in prayer. All right, can you do that? Simple task. Read Joshua 1, 1 to 9, and then pray. Let's pray now. Lord Jesus, going into the new year, when we would shut our eyes because we are afraid to see, when we would hold on tightly because we're afraid to share, when we would close our doors because we're afraid to get involved, may we find strength and courage in your presence, in your word, and in the company of your people at Windsor Road, learning together to open our eyes, open our hands, open our homes, and open our hearts. For you are with us wherever you go, wherever we go. Your spirit lives within us. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.